everybody what it do uh what's up whatever other greeting you can come up with this is jason jones bringing you the latest edition of post 82 of throne room breakdown kings uh, let's get to the important thing about the kings uh they won yeah they won 133 126 over the washington wizards Big game from De'Aaron Fox. Seven guys in w, double figures, but Fox led the way with 31 points. 20, po- uh, 20 points in the second half. And I'll dive into it a little bit later. But yeah, this game was much closer than it needed to be. Much closer. And before I kind of I get into some game talk, a uh, couple of lessons that should be learned off bat from this game. Hey, when you got a guy who can drop 30, 30 30-something, you know, and a half if he he needs to, and he, you know, he he has a quiet 4 of 11 shooting in the first half, if you're a fan, you may not want to rile up that guy because apparently at halftime, the Kings were destroying the Wizards at this point. They had been up by as many as 28 in the first half. Apparently, at some point going to the locker room, Bradley got into it with a fan, and... Yeah, that pretty much sparked him, I think, because before you know it, you go, you get outscored 46-19 in the third. Bradley Bill starts cooking, and before you know, now you're in a ball game. So, lesson one, main lesson of the night. Uh, what cliche can I give you? Let sleeping dogs lie, but don't piss off Bradley Bill. Don't piss somebody off. You know, let them have a bad game, and let your team keep doing what it do, what it's doing. Instead, the Kings ended up in a a game where they had to pull away in the fourth instead of a game where you're sitting your main guys and getting some guys at the end of the bench some minutes. But nevertheless, Kings win the game. Uh, that's three in a row, seven of the last 10, 12 of the last uh, 17. So they had 12 and five over the last 17 games. And perhaps most importantly to all of you out there who are keeping tabs on the standings, the Kings are now three games out of the final spot in the Western Conference of uh, playoffs behind Memphis in sole possession of ninth now. It's not like it's a big old lead now. Let's not get carried away. They're a half game ahead of Portland and San Antonio. Well, we have the Kings play <laughs> Portland on, on Saturday. So the Kings are again playing games that mean something. In March, which is um, it's, it's a different vibe than last year. Last year, they were starting to play some of their worst ball this time of year. This year, they seem to be picking up steam with each game. So, this is a whole different vibe. I know their record isn't the same as it was last year. And maybe some people might feel down about that. But I've been saying from the beginning of the year, I thought this Kings team could have a worse record than last season. And end up being a better team. So right now I continue to feel like Nostradamus. Or if I was going to be Paul Mooney's character. I would feel like Negrodamus. Either way. I'm feeling like a halfway. Like I halfway know what I'm talking about with that. Because the Kings are doing just what I thought they would do. They're looking like a better team as the season progresses. That's even as Rashawn Holmes get closer to returning. According to Coach Luke Walton. Uh, before the game. We'll get into why he didn't talk to us after the game. But before the game, he said that Rashawn played 2-on-2 Saturday afternoon. So he's progressing closer and closer to uh, 
being able to practice, which would then lead to him being able to actually play in a game. And that would lead to eventually the fun decision Luke Walton will have between how to balance playing Rashawn, Harry, and Alex Lynn, who have all been, you know, the latter two, uh, Giles and Lynn have been big contributors lately over the stretch of the defense. I mean, if you throw out tonight's game, <laughs> you know, the way what it's got going, the defense has been pretty, has been getting a lot better over the last few games. So, a lot to think about at that point, but right now that's not the case. Like I said the Kings have won seven to ten, three in a row, twelve of seventeen. Things are looking up. They're they're right where a lot of people thought they would be, which is in, in the race for that final playoff spot. And perhaps if they get that, all is forgiven from the, the rough start to the year and all the injuries impacted everything. Maybe people will forgive them a little forgiveness. I don't know. Doubt it. But let's jump into it. want to touch on a couple of key points. Um, first off, let's start with Luke Walton. <laughs> Luke got ejected from the game Tuesday night. 6-13 left in the third. It had been a miserable quarter already for the Kings. They had seen that big 28-point lead. You know, eventually the game would get tied. But that lead was shrinking. Uh, Luke wasn't happy about some of the officiating. He went bad on the refs, uh, moved Harrison Barnes out the way, trying to get to the ref to let him know how he felt. Got told he can go ahead and hit to the locker room with, with the ejection. Uh, in the locker room, overwhelmingly positive reviews <laughs> over Luke getting ejected from the game. Uh, De'Aaron Fox said, "When the coach, when the coach gets tossed, you want to win the game for him." Bogdan Bogdanovich said he respected that Luke was uh, kind of sticking up for the guys, going after, uh, not really going after the official, but that he showed that you know what a competitor he is too, and think it, maybe it did fire the team up because they did seem to wake up. I mean, it's almost like at halftime they. Uh, ate a nice filling meal and came out just lacking the intensity and the focus they had in that first half where they scored a season-high 76 points. And it looked like this was going to be them just dog-walking the Wizards all night. Wasn't the case. The game was tied. The Wizards never took the lead, though. After being down by 28, they got the game tied. The game was tied at 95 after after the third quarter, but the Kings were able to push the lead up to you know 10 or 11 in the fourth, go ahead and escape with a win. So, yeah, shout out to Luke Walton for giving it, you know, giving us a good, some good ejection footage. I'm not sure if it was better than his ejection in Sacramento when he was uh, coaching the Lakers, but he it was a it was a solid ejection. You know, he got his money to work. That he let the officials know how he felt. You know, about not calling fouls for the Kings, and that's been a thing all year where the Kings have felt like they don't get the calls. Now, especially at home, they feel like they've gotten the short end on a lot of the officiating. So, congrats to Luke. Like I said, Luke let it be known he wasn't feeling what was going on. His team responded, pulled out the win. Next thing I want to talk, touch on is it's kind of a recurring theme on the throne room breakdown, but how can you not touch on it again? Is De'Aaron Fox. This, every, with every game the Kings play now, it becomes more and more evident that this is De'Aaron Fox's team, that this team will go as De'Aaron goes. So tonight, 31 points, 
just being more aggressive in scoring. He scored at least 20 points in six straight games. You know, recently had, you know, had that career-high 34-point game that not that long ago against the Clippers. So, I mean, he's really he's really rolling right now. And like I said in the throne room breakdown earlier with Kenny Carraway, our episode we dropped uh, on earlier on Tuesday, that now maybe people understand why Luke and Vlade were so patient with how the team was playing during the time De'Aaron was out. You're starting to see that he does have the talent to be a game changer, someone who will impact the game in many ways, whether it's scoring for himself, setting up teammates, playing defense. De'Aaron is you know, becoming that guy who impacts the game in, in, different, in different levels, different ways. And like I said, you're seeing why, why when um, De'Aaron was out, there wasn't that panic from the Kings because they figured – you know, we can't be who we are till we get De'Aaron back. And they got De'Aaron back. And especially lately, the you know, January, February, he's been nothing. He's been everything they could ask for. And he's making his free throws right now. So you add that to the mix. It's been a, it's been a good run for him. He's asserted himself as the leader of this team because I wrote about this a little bit to, in the, for the athletic, but also it's my own belief for the Kings to be a good team. De'Aaron Fox has to be their best player. You know, maybe eventually that becomes Marvin at some point, you know, once he gets back on the court and gets rolling. But right now, for the Kings to be the team they say they want to be, which is a playoff team, you know, De'Aaron's got to be the best player on the court. And that's just, to me, that's not, that's a get, that's a, that's a fact. It's not a thing they can go back and forth on. It's got to be De'Aaron. He's got to be the man. He's got to be the guy that gets the team going. And then if De'Aaron will run and lead, the guys will follow. He's been much more assertive. You know, because of the players, I'll tell you, De'Aaron's talking a lot more, being more vocal. Things he has to do to be the leader of this team. And like I said, it helps when you're winning games. And you're, you know, as they keep calling him the head of the snake. When the head of the snake is being aggressive, attacking... Um, you know, setting a setting tone, setting the tempo, setting the pace. Good things can and will happen. So, right now, this is De'Aaron's team. Plain and simple, how this te- how De'Aaron goes, this team will go. And considering how well they played in OKC last Thursday before losing, you have to assume or wonder if De'Aaron had been able to play with uh, through that injury, maybe they escape that game with that win. No, 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 it doesn't matter in the big picture, you know, you know, playing the uh, what-if game. But it just really shows everyone how valuable De'Aaron is. And last thing I want to touch on, I, know I talked, touched on Luke being ejected, touched on De'Aaron. But the other thing is that even though the Kings won, there's a lot to learn because the Kings once again showed their propensity, their habit, their their desire to show that they can't have nice things. They can't have nice things like 28-point leads and you know all-star level players not playing well because they just as well as they can build up a lead like that, they can turn around and give it right back, and they did that. You know The Kings have been on the good side of some comebacks, but th- there's no reason why that game should have been close 
or even tied, especially not tied. Yeah, sure, the Kings didn't keep didn't blow, lose the lead. They still were able to pull it out. But those are the type of uh, performances, especially when they don't go your way, that you miss the playoffs. You look back and say, damn, we should have won that Wizards game. Or, damn, we should have won, you know, the one that game or this game or that game. You can't. You have to figure out how to kind of put your foot on, on, the, on the other team's proverbial throat and, and stop them and win the game. And next, the Kings are fortunate they were playing the Withers, not, you know, a team that they could still handle after, you know, blowing the game, you know, blowing the lead like that. But if they're going to make this playoff dream come true some way, somehow in the last 21 games, when they get up big, they've got to finish the job and put a team away, get your, you know, get your guys like Justin James and whatnot in the game, let your starters rest. Because you're going to need them fresh for the for that final push. But, yeah, this is just that, you know, so the Kings can't have nice things. And they have to show that once they get something nice, like a 28-point lead, they won't just trick it off, that they'll do the right thing with it. So, all that being said, again, the Kings won the game. They've won 7 of 10, 3 in a row, 12 of their last 17. Host the Philadelphia 76ers on Thursday. They're coming off two losses in LA, and damn, that's a brutal, that's a brutal back-to-back or two and three nights. Lakers, Clippers, Clippers, Lakers. Damn, I mean, just damn. <laughs> and right now, the Sixers are without Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, but they got some guys who can still put the ball in the bucket, so the Kings can't walk in, assuming anything, or relaxed. You know, for the, that's going to be a big game. If they can get that game, and then you're going up to Portland with a four-game winning streak. You know, they have a chance to uh, maybe push Portland further back behind them, an inch closer to to Memphis in the standings. Who's now won two in a row? Uh, beat the Lakers and just completely dismantled and embarrassed the Hawks. So that's what it's all about right now for the Kings, trying to catch the Grizzlies and. Again, they got the tiebreaker too. So, all they got to do is finish. If the Grizzlies are stay ahead of them, they've got to finish tied with the Grizzlies. So, that keeps some pressure on Memphis as well. But, it's just something to look think about. So, you all know where to find me Mr. Jones LBC on IG, Mr. Underscore Jason Jones on Twitter, theathletic.com for all nearly 100 podcasts I've done, myself and Kenny have done. Uh, all my stories and our other great NBA coverage. So, you all be good out there. You know, enjoy yourselves. Enjoy your Wednesday. Uh, leading into Thursday when the Sixers are in town. And I will check in with you Thursday night. Well, probably when most of you here, it'll be Friday morning. Nevertheless, I will check in with you after that game. I'm gone. <laughs>